Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is part one of NGO and Yukowski on AI Capability Gains, published by Eliezer Yukowski and Richard NGO on the AI Alignment Forum. This is the second post in a series of transcribed conversations about AGI forecasting and alignment. See the first post for prefaces and more information about the format. Color key. Chat by Richard NGO and Eliezer Yukowski. Other chat inline comments. 5. September 14th Conversation. 5.1. Recursive self-improvement, abstractions, and miracles. Yukowski 11 o'clock. Good morning, good evening. So it seems like the obvious thread to pull today is your sense that I'm wrong about recursive self-improvement and consequentialism in a related way. NGO 11.04. Right. And then another potential thread, probably of secondary importance, is the question of what you mean by utility functions, and digging more into the intuitions surrounding those. But let me start by fleshing out this RSI consequentialism claim. I claim that your early writings about RSI focus too much on a very powerful abstraction, of recursively applied optimization, and too little on the ways in which even powerful abstractions like this one become a bit let's say messier, when they interact with the real world. In particular, I think that Paul's arguments that there will be substantial progress in AI in the lead-up to a RSI-driven takeoff are pretty strong ones. Just so we're on the same page, to what extent did those arguments end up shifting your credences? Yukowski 1109. I don't remember being shifted by Paul on this at all. I sure shifted a lot over events like Alpha Zero and the entire deep learning revolution. What does Paul say that isn't encapsulated in that update? Does he furthermore claim that we're going to get fully smarter than human in all regards AI which doesn't cognitively scale much further either through more compute or through RSI? NGO 11.10. Ah, I see. In that case, let's just focus on the update from the deep learning revolution. Yukowski 11.12.11.13. I'll also remark that I see my foreseeable mistake there as having little to do with abstractions becoming messier when they interact with the real world, this truism tells you very little of itself unless you can predict directional shifts in other variables just by contemplating the unknown messiness relative to the abstraction. Rather, I'd see it as a neighboring error to what I've called the law of earlier failure, where the law of earlier failure says that, compared to the interesting part of the problem where it's fun to imagine yourself failing, you usually fail before then, because of the many earlier boring points where it's possible to fail. The nearby reasoning error in my case is that I focused on an interesting way that AI capabilities could scale and the most powerful argument I had to overcome Robin's objections, while missing the way that Robin's objections could fail even earlier through rapid scaling and generalization in a more boring way. It doesn't mean that my arguments about RSI were false about their domain of supposed application, but that other things were also true and those things happened first on our timeline. To be clear, I think this is an important and generalizable issue with the impossible task of trying to forecast the future, and if I am wrong about other things it sure would be plausible if I was wrong in similar ways. NGO 11.13. Then the analogy here is something like, there is a powerful abstraction, namely consequentialism, and we both agree that, like RSI a large amount of consequentialism is a very dangerous thing but we disagree on the question of how much the strategic landscape in the led-up to highly consequentialist AIs is affected by other factors apart from this particular abstraction. This truism tells you very little of itself, unless you can predict directional shifts in other variables just by contemplating the unknown messiness relative to the abstraction. I disagree with this claim. It seems to me that the predictable direction in which the messiness pushes is away from the applicability of the high-level abstraction. Yukowski 11.15 The real world is messy, but good abstractions still apply, just with some messiness around them. 
The law of earlier failure is not a failure of the abstraction being messy, it's a failure of the subject matter ending up different such that the abstractions you used were about a different subject matter. When a company fails before the exciting challenge where you try to scale your app across a million users, because you couldn't hire enough programmers to build your app at all, the problem is not that you had an unexpectedly messy abstraction about scaling to many users, but that the key determinants were a different subject matter than scaling to many users. Throwing 10,000 TPUs at something and actually getting progress, not very much of a famous technological idiom at the time I was originally arguing with Robin, is not a leak in the RSI abstraction, it's just a way of getting powerful capabilities without RSI. NGO 1118. To me the difference between these two things seems mainly semantic, does it seem otherwise to you? Yukowski 1118. If I'd been arguing with somebody who kept arguing in favor of faster timescales, maybe I'd have focused on that different subject matter and gotten a chance to be explicitly wrong about it. I mainly see my er failure here as letting myself be influenced by the whole audience that was nodding along very seriously to Robin's arguments, at the expense of considering how reality might depart in either direction from my own beliefs, and not just how Robin might be right or how to persuade the audience. NGO 1119. Also, throwing 10,000 TPUs at something and actually getting progress doesn't seem like an example of the law of earlier failure, if anything it seems like an earlier success. Yukowski 1119. It's an earlier failure of Robin's arguments about why AI wouldn't scale quickly, so my lack of awareness of this case of the law of earlier failure is why I didn't consider why Robin's arguments could fail earlier. Though, again, this is a bit harder to call if you're trying to call it in 2008 instead of 2018. But it's a valid lesson that the future is, in fact, hard to predict, if you're trying to do it in the past. And I would not consider it a merely semantic difference as to whether you made a wrong argument about the correct subject matter, or a correct argument about the wrong subject matter. These are like very different failure modes that you learn different lessons from. But if you're not excited by these particular fine differences in failure modes or lessons to learn from them, we should perhaps not dwell upon that part of the meta-level art. NGO 1121. Okay, so let me see if I understand your position here. Due to the deep learning revolution, it turned out that there were ways to get powerful capabilities without RSI. This isn't intrinsically a, strong, strike against the RSI abstraction, and so, unless we have reason to expect another similarly surprising revolution before reaching AGI, it's not a good reason to doubt the consequentialism abstraction. Yukowski 1125. Consequentialism and RSI are very different notions in the first place. Consequentialism is, in my own books, significantly simpler. I don't see much of a conceptual connection between the two myself, except insofar as they both happen to be part of the connected fabric of a coherent worldview about cognition. It is entirely reasonable to suspect that we may get another surprising revolution before reaching AGI. Expecting a particular revolution that gives you particular miraculous benefits is much more questionable and as an instance of conjuring expected good from nowhere, like hoping that you win the lottery because the first lottery ball comes up 37. Also, if you sincerely believed you actually had info about what kind of revolution might lead to AGI, you should shut up about it and tell very few carefully selected people, not bake it into a public dialogue. NGO 1128. And I would not consider it a merely semantic difference as to whether you made a wrong argument about the correct subject matter, or a correct argument about the wrong subject matter. On this point, the implicit premise of and also nothing else will break this abstraction or render it much less relevant turns a correct argument about the wrong subject matter into an incorrect argument. Yukowski 1128. Sure. Though I'd also note that there's an important lesson of technique where you learn to say things like that out loud instead of keeping them implicit. 
Learned lessons like that are one reason why I go through your summary documents of our conversation and ask for many careful differences of wording about words like will happen and so on. NGO 1130. Makes sense. So I claim that. 1. A premise like this is necessary for us to believe that your claims about consequentialism lead to extinction. 2. A surprising revolution would make it harder to believe this premise, even if we don't know which particular revolution it is. 3. If we'd been told back in 2008 that a surprising revolution would occur in AI, then we should have been less confident in the importance of the RSI abstraction to understanding AGI and AGI risk. Yukowski 1130-1134. Suppose I put to you that this claim is merely subsumed by all of my previous careful qualifiers about how we might get a miracle and how we should be trying to prepare for an unknown miracle in any number of places. Why suspect that place particularly for a model violation? I also think that you are misinterpreting my old arguments about RSI, in a pattern that matches some other cases of your summarizing my beliefs as X is the one big ultra-central thing rather than X is the point where the other person got stuck and Eliezer had to spend a lot of time arguing. I was always claiming that RSI was a way for AGI capabilities to scale much further once they got far enough, not the way AI would scale to human-level generality. This continues to be a key fact of relevance to my future model, in the form of the unfalsified original argument about the subject matter it previously applied to, if you lose control of a sufficiently smart AGI, it will foom, and this fact about what triggers the metaphorical equivalent of a full nuclear exchange and a total loss of the game board continues to be extremely relevant to what you have to do to obtain victory instead. NGO 1134-1135. Perhaps we're interpreting the word miracle in quite different ways. I think of it as an event with negligibly small probability. Yukowski 1135. Events that actually have negligibly small probability are not much use in plans. NGO 1135. Which I guess doesn't fit with your claims that we should be trying to prepare for a miracle. Yukowski 1135. Correct. NGO 1135. But I'm not recalling off the top of my head where you've claimed that. I'll do a quick search of the transcript. You need to hold your mind open for any miracle and a miracle you didn't expect or think of in advance, because at this point our last hope is that in fact the future is often quite surprising. Okay, I see. The connotations of miracles seem sufficiently strong to me that I didn't interpret you need to hold your mind open as practical advice. What sort of probability, overall, do you assign to us being saved by what you call a miracle? Yukowski 1140. It's not a place where I find quantitative probabilities to be especially helpful. And if I had one, I suspect I would not publish it. NGO 1141. Can you leak a bit of information? Say, more or less than 10%. Yukowski 1141. Less. Though a lot of that is dominated, not by the probability of a positive miracle, but by the extent to which we seem unprepared to take advantage of it, and so would not be saved by one. NGO 1141. Yeah, I see. 5.2. The idea of expected utility. NGO 1143. Okay. I'm now significantly less confident about how much we actually disagree. At least about the issues of AI cognition. Yukowski 1144. You seem to suspect we'll get a particular miracle having to do with consequentialism, which means that although it might be a miracle to me, it wouldn't be a miracle to you. There is something forbidden in my model that is not forbidden in yours. NGO 1145. I think that's partially correct, but I'd call it more a broad range of possibilities in the rough direction of you being wrong about consequentialism. Yukowski 1146. Well, as much as it may be nicer to debate when the other person has a specific positive expectation that X will work, we can also debate when I know that X won't work and the other person remains ignorant of that. So say more. 
and Geo 1147. That's why I've mostly been trying to clarify your models rather than trying to make specific claims of my own. Which I think I'd prefer to continue doing, if you're amenable, by asking you about what entities a utility function is defined over, say, in the context of a human. Yukowski 1151-1153. I think that to contain the concept of utility as it exists in me, you would have to do homework exercises I don't know how to prescribe. Maybe one set of homework exercises like that would be showing you an agent, including a human, making some set of choices that allegedly couldn't obey expected utility, and having you figure out how to pump money from that agent, or present it with money that it would pass up. Like, just actually doing that a few dozen times. Maybe it's not helpful for me to say this? If you say it to Eliezer, he immediately goes, ah, yes, I could see how I would update that way after doing the homework, so I will save myself some time and effort and just make that update now without the homework, but this kind of jumping ahead to the destination is something that seems to me to be dramatically missing from many non-Eliezers. They insist on learning things the hard way and then act all surprised when they do. Oh my gosh, who would have thought that an AI breakthrough would suddenly make AI seem less than 100 years away the way it seemed yesterday? Oh my gosh, who would have thought that alignment would be difficult? Utility can be seen as the origin of probability within minds, even though probability obeys its own, simpler coherence constraints. That is, you will have money pumped out of you, unless you weigh in your mind paths through time according to some quantitative weight, which determines how much resources you're willing to spend on preparing for them. This is why sapients think of things as being more or less likely. NGO 1153. Suppose that this agent has some high-level concept, say, honor, which leads it to pass up on offers of money. Yukowski 1155. Suppose that this agent has some high-level concept, say, honor, which leads it to pass up on offers of money. Then there's two possibilities. This concept of honor is something that you can see as helping to navigate a path through time to a destination. Honor isn't something that would be optimized into existence by optimization pressure for other final outcomes. NGO 1155. Right, I see. Hmm, but it seems like humans often don't see concepts as helping to navigate a path in time to a destination. For example the deontological instinct not to kill. And yet those concepts were in fact optimized into existence by evolution. Yukowski 1159. You're describing a defect of human reflectivity about their consequentialist structure, not a departure from consequentialist structure, smiley face. NGO 1201. Sorry, internet was slightly buggy, switched to a better connection now. Yukowski 1201. But yes, from my perspective, it creates a very large conceptual gap that I can stare at something for a few seconds and figure out how to parse it as navigating paths through time, while others think that consequentialism only happens when their minds are explicitly thinking about well, what would have this consequence using language. Similarly, when it comes to expected utility, I see that any time something is attaching relative planning weights to paths through time, not when a human is thinking out loud about putting spoken numbers on outcomes. NGO 1202. Human consequentialist structure was optimized by evolution for a different environment. Insofar as we are consequentialists in a new environment, it's only because we're able to be reflective about our consequentialist structure, or because there are strong similarities between the environments. Yukowski 1202. False. It just generalized out of distribution because the underlying coherence of the coherent behaviors was simple. When you have a very simple pattern, it can generalize across weak similarities, not strong similarities. The human brain is large but the coherence in it is simple. The idea, the structure, that explains why the big thing works, is much smaller than the big thing. So it can generalize very widely. NGO 1204. Taking this example of the instinct not to kill people, is this one of the very simple patterns that you're talking about? 
Yukowski 1205. Reflectivity doesn't help per se unless on some core level a pattern already generalizes, I mean, either a truth can generalize across the data or it can't. So I'm a bit puzzled about why you're bringing up reflectivity in this context. And, no. An instinct not to kill doesn't even seem to me like a plausible cross-cultural universal. 40% of deaths among Yanomami men are in intratribal fights, ERK. NGO 1207. Ah, I think we were talking past each other. When you said this concept of honor is something that you can see as helping to navigate a path through time to a destination I thought you meant you as in the agent in question, as you used it in some previous messages, not you as in a hypothetical reader. Yukowski 1207. Ah. It would not have occurred to me to ascribe that much competence to an agent that wasn't a superintelligence. Even I don't have time to think about why more than 0.0001% of my thoughts do anything, but thankfully, you don't have to think about why 2 plus 2 equals 4 for it to be the correct answer for counting sheep. NGO 1210. Got it. I might now try to throw a high level, but still inchoate, disagreement at you and see how that goes. But while I'm formulating that, I'm curious what your thoughts are on where to take the discussion. Actually, let's spend a few minutes deciding where to go next, and then take a break. I'm thinking that, at this point, there might be more value in moving on to geopolitics. Yukowski 1219. Some of my current thoughts are a reiteration of old despair, it feels to me like the typical other within EA has no experience with discovering unexpected order, with operating a generalization that you can expect will cover new cases even when that isn't immediately obvious, with operating that generalization to cover those new cases correctly, with seeing simple structures that generalize a lot and having that be a real and useful and technical experience, instead of somebody blathering in a non-expectation constraining way about how capitalism is responsible for everything wrong with the world, and being able to extend that to lots of cases. I could try to use much simpler language in hopes that people actually look at the Water Feynman style, like navigating a path through time instead of consequentialism which is itself a step down from expected utility. But you actually do lose something when you throw away the more technical concept. And then people still think that either you instantly see in the first second how something is a case of navigating a path through time, or that this is something that people only do explicitly when visualizing paths through time using that mental terminology. Or, if Eliezer says that it's navigating time anyways, this must be an instance of Eliezer doing the thing other people do when they talk about how capitalism is responsible for all the problems of the world. They have no experience operating genuinely useful, genuinely deep generalizations that extend to non-obvious things. And in fact, being able to operate some generalizations like that is a lot of how I know what I know, in reality and in terms of the original knowledge that came before trying to argue that knowledge with people. So trying to convey the real source of the knowledge feels doomed. It's a kind of idea that our civilization has lost, like that college class Feynman ran into. So R is 1219. My own sense, having been back for about 20 minutes, is that one of the key cruxes is in is it possible that non-scary cognition will be able to end the acute risk period, or perhaps should we expect a longish regime of pre-scary cognition, that we can study and learn to align in such a way that by the time we get scary cognition we can readily align it. NGO 1219. Some potential prompts for that. What are some scary things which might make governments take AI more seriously than they took COVID, and which might happen before AGI? How much of a bottleneck in your model is governmental competence? And how much of a difference do you see in this between, say, the US and China? So R is 1220. I also have a bit of a sense that there's a bit more driving to do on the perhaps A is just wrong about the applicability of the consequentialism arguments, in a similar domain, and would be happy to try articulating a bit of what I think are the not quite articulated to my satisfaction arguments on that side. Yukowski 1221. 
I also had a sense, maybe mistaken, that RN did have some specific ideas about how consequentialism might be inapplicable though maybe I accidentally refuted that in passing because the idea was well, what if it didn't know what consequentialism was? And then I explained that reflectivity was not required to make consequentialism generalize but if so, I'd like RN to say explicitly what specific idea got refuted that way or failing that, talk about the specific idea that didn't get refuted. NGO 1223. That wasn't my objection, but I do have some more specific ideas, which I could talk about. And I'd also be happy for Nate to try articulating some of the arguments he mentioned above. Yukowski 1223. I have a general worry that this conversation has gotten too general, and that it would be more productive, even of general understanding, to start from specific ideas and shoot those down specifically. NGO, thumbs up. NGO 1226. The other thing is that, for pedagogical purposes, I think it'd be useful for you to express some of your beliefs about how governments will respond to AI. I think I have a rough guess about what those beliefs are, but even if I'm right, not everyone who reads this transcript will be. Yukowski 1228. Why would I be expected to know that? I could talk about weak defaults and iterate through an unending list of possibilities. Thinking that Eliezer thinks he knows that to any degree of specificity feels like I'm being weak-manned. NGO 1228. I'm not claiming you have any specific beliefs. Yukowski 1229. I suppose I have skepticism when other people dream up elaborately positive and beneficial reactions apparently drawn from some alternate nicer political universe that had an absolutely different response to COVID-19, and so on. NGO 1229. But I'd guess that your models rule out, for instance, the US and China deeply cooperating on AI before it's caused any disasters. Yukowski 1230. Deeply? Sure. That sounds like something that has never happened and I'm generically skeptical about political things that go better than any political thing has ever gone before. I guess we could talk about that? It doesn't seem like the most productive area, but maybe it lies upstream of more technical disagreements because we disagree about what AG I would actually have to do to have the world not end. So R is 1231. Cool. I claim it's time for a break, and then I nominate a little Eliezer government response overview followed by specific maybe consequentialism-based worries aren't a problem in practice ideas from Richard. NGO, thumbs up. Yukowski 1232. See you in 28 minutes. This was part one of NGO and Yukowski on AI capability gains. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.